Hello, and welcome to Moments with Michelle. This is a podcast where I talk to interesting people from around the world and ask them questions about their life, and we see where it takes us. I hope you enjoy. Hello, and welcome to Moments with Michelle. This is my next edition of the podcast, and this is very exciting for me because today of all days, I'm in Singapore. And the person that I'm interviewing is from Singapore. His name is Roger. Welcome, Roger. Hi. Hi, everybody. My name is Roger. Thanks, Michelle, for inviting me for your podcast. I'm very excited because this is the first time that I've done one uh, overseas. So I've done four with people in Los Angeles. And now I'm here doing a few shows um, on my way to Australia to do a few uh, comedy festivals. And what I think is going to be interesting is to have a bit of an international fl- flair for this podcast and bring it to all the different places that I go. So for Roger, one of the things that I thought was quite interesting is Roger reached out to me. I posted on reddit.com, our Singapore, said I needed a tour guide for the day when I land because I needed to kill some time that day before I met up with the person I was staying with. And Roger said he would be my tour guide, right? Yes, that is correct. And what about my post made you think, I want to reach out to this person? Oh, okay. So, this week is my first week of school. So, I'm a university student in Singapore. And since it's the first week, we don't have a lot of lessons. We only have lectures. So, I was free and I was like, hey, it's nice to meet someone new. And I enjoy meeting new friends and people from around the world. I have friends from France, Korea, and etc. So, when you, reach, when you posted it on Reddit, I was like, sounds fun and let's do it. And what is the, you guys kind of have a, a saying for when you speak kind of English with a bit of a different, my computer, of course, likes to make some noises from time to time, and I don't know how to turn them off, but um, what, what is the term where you speak English, but you have that, it was like, it starts with an S. Oh, we call it Singlish. Like Singlish. Singapore version of English. Yes. So it's like a mixture of many different languages that we speak in Singapore. In Singapore, our main language, we speak English over here. And we have people from different races. We have like the Chinese, the Malay, the Indians, and many others. So for Chinese, Singaporeans will speak English and Chinese. For the Malays, they will speak English and Malay. For the Indians, they will mainly speak like English and Tamil or Hindu. So we are being taught two languages in school. So since we are a culture of many different races in Singapore, we tend to speak a bit of every language here and there. So that's how Singlish came about. Right. And it's kind of like Spanglish, where if you're, you know, kind of speaking a bit of Spanish English when you're in, say, LA, a lot of people come from Mexico or South America. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's a kind of a mix between mainly English, but some Spanish words peppered in Mm -hmm. for good measure. So that's really cool. And we went to the Gardens by the Bay, right? Yes. Where else did we go on our tour guide day? Orchard Park? Were we we on that street? Maybe not. We went to Chinatown. Maxwell, we went to a, a very famous chicken rice store in Maxwell Food Center. So that was the store that a few years back where Singapore had this food challenge and they invited... Food challenge. Yes, food challenge. We mm-hmm. invited Gordon Ramsay over. Mm-hmm. So he was here to challenge like laksa, which is a spicy noodle dish. Chicken rice, which is like what Singaporeans like to call the national dish. And also chili crab. So that was the store that Gordon Ramsay challenged a few years back. So I thought it would be great to bring you down and have and a taste won? of it. 
um, Gordon Ramsay won the chili crab challenge, but he lost the laksa and the chicken rice. Challenge. Good. Okay, good. Because yeah. you, if he came and won all three, you'd be yeah, like, what are we doing? What are we doing in Singapore? <laughs> and so uh, we went there, and I, I called it chicken and rice, but apparently mm-hmm. it's just chicken rice. Chicken rice. Yeah, just chicken rice. Chicken rice. So that's where we started. We had some food. Then, yeah, we went to... that. They also had that casino that has the boat oh, on yes. the top. Oh, yes. Yes. Marina Bay Sands. Marina Bay Sands. It looks beautiful. And maybe one day, right now, we're just in my Airbnb. And uh, I would definitely not say that this would be the the luxurious Marina yes. Bay Sands Hotel <laughs> where we're staying They're right worlds now. apart. <laughs> yeah, they are worlds apart right now. But that doesn't matter because one day, right? One, one day. day. One day. Okay, so then we went there. And I could notice myself getting more and more tired throughout the day. Like when I first met you... Mm-hmm. Wait, where did we meet? Did I come to your place? Oh, yes, Oh, I yes, did. you did. Yeah, Someone I, drove you. That's right. So another place. Redditor actually picked me up from the airport, which was amazing. And we were going to actually tour a little bit during the morning because Roger's a university student. So he doesn't love getting up early. Yeah, that is right. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> um, and so someone picked me up, but unfortunately his girlfriend had gone into anaphylactic shock a few uh, hours before, like a mild version of it. So she went to the hospital just to make sure everything was okay. And they said, look, we're just going to observe her for a while, kind of, you know, you're not a wife, you're not family or a husband or family so why don't you just go kill some time and then come back uh, to see your girlfriend later on and so he just had some time to kill picked me up at the airport and then on our way to touring around he actually uh, found out his his girlfriend was getting discharged from the uh, hospital so he Mm kind of basically had to dump me off at your place Mm -hmm. and I had to call you at nine being like I'm sorry I'm a bit early but I woke up I just woke up I I I was uh, it was perfect timing did did I actually wake you up or no no I was I set my alarm at nine so I have Time to prepare. Yes. And all. So it's just nice. Yeah, no. So yeah, I got. I went right to him. And what part of Singapore do you live in? Is there like a district or a kind of a suburb name? Oh, I live at an area called UT. So it's like northwest of Singapore. So it's a place where it's surrounded by like many forests. It's, a, it's like an urban place, but near there, there are like, cemet- like graveyards, cemeteries, and the zoo. Oh yeah, I've heard the zoo's amazing. Yeah, you should go there one day. I know. I wish it, I heard the night safari was really cool, but all mm. my shows are at night, so it doesn't. It's not very conducive yep. to the night safari. Um, but I always heard that my dad always said that cemeteries make great like neighbors because oh. there's not a lot of noise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what are you studying in school? Oh, okay. I'm studying mathematical sciences at a local university at a local university called Nanyang Technological University. So it's called NTU. So I'm a math major. I'm currently year four. So it's my graduating year. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. And do you have any idea what you think you're going to do when you graduate? Oh, I get asked that question a lot. My Mm -hmm. mom, my friends, my relatives, they always ask, okay, what are you going to do with a math degree? Are you going to be a teacher? So I'm doing statistics in school so I could do something like actuarial science I could do like finance related jobs or I could really become a teacher there are a lot of things that users met nowadays so oh I, I agree yeah, yeah definitely and what I thought was interesting too is I met Roger again so today we actually went on a hike which yeah. was really fun uh, it was called the treetop treetop walk treetop walk and so he took a kind of like a subway to a bus I think to get yes. there and he had some friends had some Singaporean friends some Korean, Korean friends. friends and it was about what 10k total yes up yeah. and down 
Yeah, and it was it was beautiful. I loved it. It didn't rain, so it was perfect weather. Perfect weather. I think we tired out your friends though a little bit. I think my Korean friends, yeah, they're KO. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're gone. They, yes, they are gone. They 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 left they immediately. <laughs> and they didn't go to lunch with <laughs> us. They're like, we're leaving. And we're like, okay. But they looked so happy when you were leaving. Yeah, they did look happy. They're like, we're finally done this yeah. hike. Uh, but they were all like, they looked so well and they were all like made up and stuff like that. So <laughs> I, I find like, with, with I sweat quite a bit when I'm here and I've just embraced it. So humid. It's so humid. Yeah. And so we were on the bus, we were talking earlier about how um, in Singapore, there's actually, you were telling me, I didn't know this, a mandatory military service for yes. two years, right? Correct. Minimum. Uh, okay. So for guys, when you reach the age of 16 and a half, you'll be... 16 and a half? 16 and a half, yeah. Okay. The government will send you a letter telling you that you have this duty to perform, so which is to serve the nation. So there are a few ways that you can serve. You can serve by, by the civil defense force or the police force or the army. So most of us will go to the army. So it's a constricted army. So for all guys, we have to go. If we do not go, we will lose our nationality or the, and you will be like jailed for it. Right, jailed, yeah. okay. So these two years is, is a full-time national service. So we have to report for the whole of two years and by the end of the two years when we completed our full-time national service we will be part of the like the backup soldiers so we have to return for training about once every year for about 10, 10 times about and we have certain liabilities that we must fulfill so that is like a general idea of what national service is like in Singapore and so was it 10 days a year, you said, or just 10 times oh. in addition to your service? Okay, so when we complete our national service and when we return to the camp for the next few years, we call it the re-service. So it's like in-camp training. So in short, we call it ICT. So this ICT, we have three low and seven high keys. So three low keys sort of means that we have to return three times for like a one-week program and the high keys means that we have something more challenging for us like probably probably fuel camp or live firing field camp live firing okay and more like maybe we will, some will be sent overseas for further training so the seven high keys it can range from it can range from two to three weeks of like staying in camp so that's usually more tough more vigorous training and all and do you get paid while you're there? Oh, or? yes. We, okay. So if you are a working adult and you have a paying job outside, they will, the, the army, they will pay you, they will prorate you and pay you what you will earn outside if you were not in the army. So for example, I'm in for 15 days. So the army, they will pay you 15 days for from what you're earning outside. So maybe you're earning like 5,000 a month and you're in army for half a month, they'll pay you 2.5k. So that your employer doesn't have to pay you that money, the army will pay you. And you, you might get paid slightly more for in, in the army because you have certain things like the risk pay. So they pay you because you are undergoing certain risk taking missions and all. Right. Yeah, yeah and, kind of like the way that stunt, I'm sure stunt people in movies and things like mm -hmm. that. I don't know if they specifically get risk pay, but they're definitely in a job where if 
your life is on the line or if you might get hurt, mm -hmm. you do tend to get a little bit of a premium for yes, that type correct. of service. Yeah. And what, what's like the day in the life of, so you're in the middle of your training, say you're, mm -hmm. you know, you've just started year two. Uh, what's kind of like a, like a weekly or a daily kind of, what's your itinerary when you're oh, in okay. the army? It depends on your vocation. So there are many vocations, yes. For me, I mean the motar, so it's sort of an artillery Mortar. Kind of, yeah, mortar. Yeah, mortar. Yeah, okay. Mortar. Yeah, yeah, I just wanted to make sure because uh, I, I was just like, I, I think I remember us talking about that because mortars are in Call of Duty. It was one oh, of yes, the uh, yes. kill streaks. I can't really? remember how many kills you needed, oh, maybe like five or something no like idea. that. And then you just do a mortar strike. Okay, yes. So that was it's your special like, specialty? Yes, that was what I was doing. It's a, it's a smaller one. So for us, we have to learn how to manage a, mor a mortar. Mortar, yeah. Yeah, and we <laughs> have to carry it around so we have to train our bodies to be able to carry something so heavy and we have to stay in the jungle for a few days and learn how to camouflage and how to move quickly and efficiently so that is like what people do when they go for field camps for normal for normal day like for daily basis we usually just do some core training like some running and some physical activities to keep yourself fit and in condition to, to to defend Singapore. And how heavy would those mortars be? Oh, if to carry. the whole thing is about, I think, four to five hundred kg kilograms. Okay. Four to five hundred. I'm not very certain because I kind of forgot, but it's about four to five hundred. It's meant by, it's pushed by five people. So we push it. It's a smaller kind. So we have to push it. There will be yep. two wheels and all. So it's quite tough. And it's I, one of the tougher ones. Yeah, because I was thinking before that you were saying you had to train your bodies to carry it. And for mm. some strange reason, I just thought like, oh, is it in a backpack? And then you just walk with it. But okay, it makes sense. Obviously, uh, it's four to 500 kgs. You definitely yeah. need a team. Yes, we do. And what was your thoughts when you were getting to the age where you had to go in the army? Were you excited, fearful? Oh, Okay, before when I was 18, I heard a lot of stories about the army. Some of them said it was a really fun thing. And the way that Singapore portrays army is like, oh, you have to do it, so why not make the best of it? And when I watched television and all, it looks pretty fun. So when I first went in, we have to go to this like this little island. It's called Pulau Tekong. So Pulau means island in, in the Malay language. And Tekong is the name of the island. So we went to Pulau Tekong. That's what most of the army people do. We have to spend two to four months there. So for people who spend four months, they are those that are not so fit. So they are like obese or just physically unfit. So for me, I passed my physical test before entering army. So I was given a two-month discount. So I went in to the island for only two months. Oh, okay. That makes sense. So we what we did there was basic military training. They taught us how to fire guns, how to handle weapons, and just training to get ourselves fitter and tougher for our upcoming army life. And also, they taught us a lot of commands to follow and the regimentation of the army. So in, in the Singapore army, our language, the commands that they gave was in Malay language. Oh, that's the, that's the what Malay the commands were, yes. were in Malay? They are okay. in Malay, yes. And so if you didn't speak Malay, you just had to learn it? Yes, you have to learn it, but you will you catch a bit of the language here and then. Because Singapore, after all, we speak Singlish, so <laughs> we sort of understand 
basic Malay, very basic one. So it's not hard to pick it up. So when I first entered, I was really excited because I've seen so many things about the army. And when I went in, oh boy, it was tough. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that kind of intensity because from what I've seen from the televisions and all, it looks pretty simple. It looks, it looks easy enough. But when I went in, it was, it was very different. They whipped you into shape. Yes, and <laughs> I think a lot of it, a lot of it is the mental stress and the mental challenge. There's a lot of things that you can and you cannot do. You should and you shouldn't do, and it really made me into a tougher person. I think. And do you think overall it's a time in your life that you felt was useful? To oh. your overall future, or, or do, you, do you, if you could pick, if you if they said, okay, going forward, it's optional. Mm -hmm. Do you think you would have chosen to do it or not chosen to do it? You mean the army experience? Yes. Oh, it was fun while it lasted, but if I were given a choice to do it again, I would not do it again because it was really tough. Yeah, but you're you were. But you I've feel like grew a lot from it. And yeah, I've gained a lot. And since in Singapore, this is not something voluntary. It's something that we have to do. It's an obligation. So I might as well make the best of it. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I could see... But given a choice, no, I don't <laughs> think I really want to do it. It's they, not I mean, easy, yeah. They do the same thing in Israel. And I think <laughs> yes, in Israel, Israel. Yeah, I think men and women both get conscripted if memory oh, serves. Sure so women. I'm not 100%, but I definitely feel like I've seen pictures of, of women soldiers um, in Israel. Mm. And do you think from going through the experience the way that you did, are you happy it's just guys that are in it? Do you think women should do it or you think they shouldn't? Or what are your thoughts? Are you neutral? Oh, there are women who actually serve the army. Yes. But they are there on a scholarship. So the army will pay the university school fees for them. And when they finish the school, when they finish university, they will have a job in the army, they will be office. They will hold official officer positions. So those women, they for the girls, they do it because they want the scholarship or they want a job in the army. Right. But whether or not I think that Singapore should conscript women, I think probably not. Yeah. I mean, it seems a bit unfair to the guys because you know we are spending two years inside of our prime, like eighteen, nineteen years old, or the girls are outside studying and all, but. I think it's a duty of many Singaporean guys. So I think we should do it. But the girls, I think it should be voluntary. And nowadays, some girls and some middle-aged people, they actually volunteer to be in the army. So they have simpl simplified training programs, but they still do learn how to handle weapons and all. So they are opening up the chances for people to do it voluntarily. Mm. And I know that you were saying kind of before where Singapore, I didn't know a lot about the history. Mm -hmm. Singapore used to be, um, it was a very important port. Yep. And then the British were kind of in charge of Singapore for a long time. For a long time. How many years do you think? Well, Singapore was founded by a guy called Sir Stamford Raffles. So that was... Sir Stamford what? Sir Stamford Raffles. Raffles? Raffles. Okay. Sir Stamford Raffles. Okay, yeah, got that's it. That's the name of the place, you know, the town is... The CBD area is called Raffles Place. Oh, is that R-A-F-F-A-S? R-A-F-F-L-E-S. L-E-S. Okay, so that, yeah, because I saw that. Is that like a subway stop too or something? Yes, correct. Okay, good. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah, I saw that on the subway it's map. It's the wrong way you're doing your okay. comedy show. It's ah, very yes. Nice. Okay, cool, cool. So he was the one that founded it. I think so, yeah. Yeah. 
he was the one that like colonized Singapore and made it into a successful like trading port back in probably the 1800s. That was a long time ago. So we were colonized by the British until the Japanese occupation, which was in World War II, about 1942 mm-hmm. to 1945. It's about three and a half years we were under the Japanese occupation. So after that, Singapore occupation ended and Singapore was by on its own. So for a while, we were on our own and we merged with Malaysia. And so Malaysia in, is the country that's right adjacent to... Yes, it's at the north of Singapore. You can get there by walking or by car. It's like a 2km causeway mm-hmm. that separates us. So it's 1 or 2km. So it's actually very near. And a lot of us actually travel to Malaysia. Because it's a little bit cheaper there because your Singapore uh, dollar is a bit stronger than the Malaysian. Yes, correct. Yeah. The exchange rate is really good for us. It's like a Singapore dollar is equivalent to around three Malaysian dollars. So three Malaysian ringgits. That's what they call the currency over there. Uh, ringgit. Okay, ringgit. cool. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, so yeah, a lot of people even, even work in Singapore and then they commute back to Malaysia. Yes, there's quite a number of people there that does this. Like I have... I have relatives that does that. So, they are not... I call them uncle and aunties, but they are not exactly my uncles or aunties. But in Singapore, we call... like We just call people who are older than us uncles and aunties as a form of a brother and sister kind of thing. Yeah, that's a bit an yeah. endearment term. Yep. So, they're close to you, but they're not necessarily your They blood might not relative. be close to us, but we will still call them... Like, <laughs> like, like Mr. and Mrs. We okay. don't call them that, but we call them, hey, uncle, hey, aunties. That's but, amazing. But we're not related. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. I like that. So, so, and your background is Malaysian, right? Oh, my parents, parents. are from Malaysia. Okay. I, I was born in Singapore, so right. I'm Singaporean. Mm-hmm. So, my parents, they were born in Malaysia. They came to Singapore, they met, and they married over here. And they are Singapore citizens. And so, because um, we were talking um, a little bit in the past about so, uh, Malaysia and Singapore, after the Japanese left, merged for a little bit? Merged for about a year, over a year. Okay. And because of differences in what the leaders wanted, so we actually separated. And that, that day was um, 9th of August 1965. So that is the day where Singapore gained its independence. Okay. So we celebrate every year the 9th of August. That's our national day. And kind of like July 1st is yes, our... like July. In Canada, July 4th is in July the 4th, America. 4th of July, yeah. Yeah. And do you guys do fireworks or what's your... Oh, story? yes, we do. We have like parades. We have people performing. We have... Singapore will show off its military might in the uh, parades. You know, they want to... Do they march? Oh yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah military might march. They have a lot of contingencies because they want to show the neighboring countries that, you know, we are a small nation but we are able to defend ourselves and we are we are strong and we have grown so far back from 50 years ago. And well, I was actually quite impressed when I came to Singapore with the efficiency mm-hmm. of everything. I think your subway system is really good. Mm-hmm. I was really impressed with that. The trains come all the time. Mm-hmm. In LA, I live close to a subway station. Um, it's called the Red Line. And sometimes you will wait 10, 15 minutes, oh. 20 minutes for that's, a train to that come. That sounds really long. Oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. It's so long. So a lot of people don't like taking public transit because they don't want to 
invest that much time. And imagine it took 15 minutes to take one subway yeah. and then the transfer takes another imagine 15 minutes. Imagine if you miss one train that... Oh, it's heartbreaking. Then that's another 15 minutes. It's heartbreaking. Ouch. Yeah, because when you see that you have like less than a minute, you just start sprinting right, yes. and you just, if you miss it, you're you, just... You have to pray. Oh, it's like some of them share tracks. And so mm -hmm. I, I think that a lot more people would ride the subway in LA if they had more trains running. And yes, mm -hmm. it would cost a little bit more money, but you'd have an uptake in ridership. But for you guys, I mean, a train comes and you miss it one or two minutes later, another train is there. It's very, very quick. Yeah, in the peak hours, it's quite yeah. fast. Yeah. Usually, it takes about five to six minutes in the non-peak yeah. period. And that's not even that bad at all. It's not too bad. No, I'm, I'm mm. kind of... I, when I was in Toronto, I always would complain like, oh, it's five minutes till the next subway. But after mm -hmm. living in LA, I've come to oh. realize that I was maybe taking the okay. TTC, the Toronto Transit Commission for granted mm -hmm. a little bit. And it, it's nice coming here where, where so many people take transit and it's mm. much more encouraged um, because there's, and I didn't know this before I came here, there's a quota on how many cars are issued or licenses, right? Oh, yeah, they have this licensing scheme where when you, in Singapore, when you want to drive a car, you have to purchase this COE. So COE stands for Certificate of Entitlement. So you have to have that in order to legally drive a car in Singapore. So that piece of paper that we will call it, a certificate costs about tens of thousands of dollars, Singapore dollars. Wow. That is why they say that Singapore is the most expensive place to drive a car. Mm. And even with that thing in place, there are still a lot of cars on the road, right? As you can see, it's yes, very crowded. It is. It, and it's, it is quite busy, but it, it looks like it's flowing. Like it's flowing, I, there'll, there'll be times where there's a bit more traffic, but I think the fact that the streets are as busy as they are now was mm. probably a, a decent measure, mm -hmm. given the fact that you just don't want gridlock 24-7. Yeah. It's terrible for pollution, and there's tons True of people that. walking around. So it's probably... Because I've heard a lot of people say that there's a lot of like laws and rules in Singapore. There is. But I think the benefit of that is the subways are so clean. <laughs> it's so clean inside yes. and the no, streets are clean. No eating, no drinking yeah. and all. That's yeah. why it's so clean. And there's this fruit here in Singapore. Oh. It's called a what, durian? Yes, durian. Uh, and you're not Lovely. allowed to have a durian on the subway because yes. of how much it smells. Because so it smells pungent. <laughs> Everyone has smelled it in a cabin. There's just a sign of this fruit with like a cross through it. Yes. Um, and I stayed at a hotel for a couple nights and they also said if I was caught with a durian, I think it would be like a $100 fine. Really? If I had it in the oh, hotel room. And now I want to smell mm. one so bad because I'm like, how punching is this thing? You should do it. I should do you it. should do it. <laughs> well, you said that you had some family in Indonesia that have a durian farm? Or? Oh, no, no, no. Um, Malay Malaysian relatives, they have oh. durian farms in Malaysia. Okay. In the deeper parts of Malaysia, somewhere further away. So maybe a five... At least a five hour, at least a five hours drive into Malaysia. So yeah, they have durian farms. So I get to have durians. I get to eat durians for free on certain seasons. Yeah, the durian the season. Durian season. <laughs> yeah, it's so expensive. If I don't have it for, it's like twenty Singapore dollars for a kilogram of durians, and that kilogram includes the weight of the durian shells and all. Oh. So it's not really worth it. Yeah. And I've well one of the things that is actually affordable in, in Singapore is the 
is the Hakka centers or Hawker oh, centers. Yes. And I, again, okay. I hadn't heard about them before I moved here, but when I was kind of investigating, a lot of people said, go to the Hawker centers for mm-hmm. food. And I had breakfast one day and it was like noodles with some egg on top of it. $1, 20 cents. Amazing. Mm. Um, you can easily find meals from three to $5, yes. which is fantastic. So I pretty much eat exclusively at the Hawker centers. So affordable. Yeah. It's so affordable. And the Metro isn't too, too bad. You get the little Metro pass and yes. you load it up with money. So that's not bad. And for housing, how is like the housing um, created? Because there's a bit more of a, the government has a bit of oversight over yes, housing here. So explain that a little bit. Okay, so in Singapore for housing, there's this like ministry, not exactly ministry, but there's this thing that is called the HDB. So HDB stands for the Housing Development Board. Board. Yeah, board. So mm-hmm. they are in charge of public housing. So these are the, like the cheapest housing you can find in Singapore. So they will... They will look for people who wants to buy houses and they will allocate houses to them. So they will... Singapore is not a very big country, so we our land is expensive. So HDB, they sell flats. Flats are those really tall buildings. So HDB, they sell apartments of those flats to people. And it costs maybe about a few hundred thousand for this, this area right. of where we are at. So, it depends on which location you are at. For places nearer to south of Singapore where all the CBD areas are and all the buses. So, that will be... CBD is the central business district, which basically means kind of like the downtown. Correct. So, places in near the CBD, they are really expensive. So, for places like my house, is further away. Those are more affordable and these are those are where many young people actually stay because when you're young and you get married you don't really have a lot of money to spend on house yes yeah very much so and i heard that here um they obviously encourage families to to stay together and that you can only be allocated one of those apartments if you're over 35 if you're not married mm-hmm. but if you get married then you can buy it say at 25 or younger or if you're married or planning to get married you you can purchase it at any age. Yeah, as long as you're legally marriage age. Yes, correct. Yeah. If not, you have to wait until you're 35 to purchase it. Yes. That's a long time. It and is a long time. So do you think that, that that encourages people to get married a little bit younger just because I they want to move out of their parents' place? That could be one reason, but I think they did it because they want to, yeah, they want to encourage people to marry because they want people to produce more babies. In ah. Singapore, the birth rate is really low. So... The birth rate per family is like one point, like one or two. So that's like one baby per household. That's not enough to repopulate repopulate people. Or continue the population, I guess you could say. So do you, like you're one of three, right? Yes, correct. Okay. And so you have a younger brother. And a younger sister. And a younger sister. So your parents are beaten at that 1.2 or whatever. They're at three. Yep. And... Do you find that people don't have kids for a certain reason or why do you think the birth rate is so low? Oh, because, okay, there are a few reasons. I think, firstly, in Singapore, it, um, couples nowadays, they want more alone time or want, they want to spend time with each other so they don't want a kid because they think that having a kid might be like, troublesome and they do not want to change their lifestyle. Okay. Because if you have a kid, one of you have to care for the kid. Or if not, you have to send a kid to childcare. And another reason is because it's not cheap to have a kid in Singapore. 
education is affordable, but you have extra stuff like tuition, you have like childcare centers, you have many things that you need to take into account before having a kid. Even though the government does give you a lot of money if you were to have a kid, it's not enough to cover the cost of raising a kid for like 21 years. Mm. It's really, really expensive because Singapore is one of the, it's, it's one of the, if not the most expensive city in the world. So money problems and maybe lifestyle problems or lifestyle changes, these are the few reasons I think people do not want to have kids. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, and I think that that's a problem faced in, in, in North America as well. Mm-hmm. I think that the child rates in a lot of places are dropping where, yeah, it's very expensive. And if you have two people that have careers, mm-hmm. who is going to... Sacrifice, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like I, I don't have any kids and I'm 30 now and I'm married. And, and instead of people, they used to say, you're so young, you have plenty of time. Mm-hmm. You're so young. And then eventually it goes to, when are you having kids? When like it doesn't, it seems like you blink and that happens. But like my husband works full time mm-hmm. and I, you know, I'm you on the road around. all mm-hmm. the time. And, and I think, how am I going to raise a child? Mm-hmm. Like, where's that money going to come from? Where's that time going to come from? So I can totally understand, especially where there's a lot of uh, industry here, like finance is a big thing here, that people don't want to have a kid and, and change their lifestyle. Yes, I think that's that's the thing. Yeah. They want more money for themselves. Yes, they do. I, everyone <laughs> wants it. Yeah, because I mean, if you have an endless supply of money, you can have a you know a a, a nanny or a, a chef you can have or a, a maid. Team. Yeah, you yeah football team. Yeah, you can have anything. So it's it's so much easier. Um, but like I I think it's also valuable. Um, you know, to have children as as a legacy or to continue on is are they going to bring in a lot of um kind of foreign immigration oh, or what are they, they doing to keep the, the the amount of people here up with that low birth rate? Oh, they do have a lot of people who immigrate to Singapore. So they are encouraging they are encouraging people to come here so that, you know, because Singaporeans are not producing enough, so they want other people to come here and produce more. So we have a lot of people from around the world, mainly the Chinese people from China. So they are you can see them everywhere nowadays. So they are here because I think they can Repopulate. Okay, <laughs> yeah. so some people call Singapore like China poor. <laughs> like it feels like it's China here. Right. Some people might feel, and I think that some people have this joke that Singapore is in China. Well, I understand why they see it that way since there are a lot of Chinese people over here. A lot of people thought that Singapore was in China when oh, I yes. came here, uh, but and it's not. Yeah, no, yeah. At least two people it's, were like, "Oh, you're going to China, China, right?" I'm like, "No, no, no, I'm not going to China. <laughs> I'm going to Singapore." Mm-hmm. But yes, there are a lot of um, Chinese people here for sure. And I've also heard that there's like sometimes quotas in some of these public housing um, apartments where it has to be they don't oh, yes. want it to be only one race. So Correct. They, they want to have it be a mixture. So there's certain percentages of each race that they put in the apartments. Yes. I'm not sure if it if it's for each floor, but for each building, they will mix like the Chinese with the Malays and Indians and the other races so that it will not be like a dominant Chinese building. So, And for my house, for my floor, there will be... Well, there, there's four different apartments on my floor at my place. Mm-hmm. So my neighbor has always been a non-Chinese. So he has the very first... Pers- the first group of people that stayed there, they were... I think they were Malay. After when they sold the house, it was an Indian family that lived beside us. And now it's the third 
group of people. The third family, there's also an Indian family. Mm. So for my place, for that level, when the, when the minority there to sell their house, they have to sell it to another minority groups. So minority groups being like the non-Chinese. Because in Singapore, we have about 70 to 75% Chinese. So, yeah. So we have to have non-Chinese at our floor. That is the... They want racial harmony because Singapore is a place where people of different races and cultures and religion come together. And they want to keep this like stability so it's like racial harmony but it was sort of forced onto us and I think we are used to it and we we get along very well with people even though it was like forced but I think this is a good thing because it allows us to understand and know each other's cultures better because we celebrate a lot of different festivals in Singapore we have like two days for the Chinese two days for the Malays two days for the Indians for public holidays in Singapore and two days for probably the the foreigners or the Eurasians or what we call like Angmos. Angmos is like Caucasian. Oh, uh, yeah. Angmos? Yeah. Angmos, yeah. Angmos. Ang-mo. So I guess I'm an Angmos. It's, like, it's like a Singlish, yes. If okay. you hear Angmos, it could be you. Okay. So Angmos in, in Hokkien, Hokkien is a dialect, is a Chinese dialect. So Angmos means red hair. Red hair? Red hair. Red oh, hair. Okay. Because when you're under the sun and you'll go all red. Oh, right? so, okay. Okay, yeah, that's, so that's and like I do. Nickname, yeah. I've been wearing lots of sunscreen. You even gave me that crazy good bug oh, repellent, like yep. army grade bug repellent that he can buy for like $1 because he was in the army, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. They actually make it in the States and I didn't get any mosquito bites mm-hmm. on the hike, which was great. And they have 99-year leases, right? It's not like ownership. Oh, yes. Yes, 99-year leases. So, on the buildings. Yeah, for, for public housing and for many places in Singapore, when you buy a house, you don't really own the house forever. You are only allowed to stay in it for 99 years. So when that term is up, maybe they re-release the lease mm-hmm. or you have to find a new place to stay. And sometimes when the lease is not up, when they want to do some renovation works or when Singapore they want, or when the government wants to build maybe a new highway, they will have to evacuate you from your flat. So they will give you a new place to stay. So 99 years, you might not be staying there for the full you might not be staying there for 99 years or your, for your future generations so you might have to move and how long have your parents lived in your place so my place I've lived there since I was 5 years old I'm 25 now so 20 years so they're 20 years into their 99 year lease yes that's correct and will one of you stay do you think or like when because you obviously are one of three so mm. do you think you know when you grow up and oh. you get married and have kids, will, you, will one no, of you, you continue you the lease or you'll move away to a new place of your own? My parents will continue staying there. I mean, they finish paying the mortgage and all. For my siblings and I, we will want to live on our own. Yes. We want to have our own place. I and think that's what every Singaporean wants. Like, your own house, your own maybe family and away from our parents. No, yeah, <laughs> I, I understand. I moved out of my house when I was 18, <laughs> so that was a long time ago. I've moved back for certain co-op terms for four months or eight mm. months, but pretty much when I was 18, I was like, all right, yeah. I'm ready to Bye-bye. have my own freedom. Because <laughs> yeah. I love my parents, but we mm-hmm. also drive each other crazy if we spend I too see. much time with each other. I understand. I get it. Yeah. I get it. 
And they can't help it because just we're, we're we're in different chapters of our lives, yes. right? Like our parents were our age once, you were. but they might forget a little bit what it's like to be twenty or thirty because you know, my my dad's sixty eight now. And we are crazier. Yeah, we're crazier, definitely. <laughs> and with the internet too, I think yes. sometimes our parents don't really understand how. Like you're you're trying to explain to your mom how you met me yes, on correct. Reddit, Reddit, but she didn't really know she what Reddit really was. She doesn't really know what it was. Yeah, I've told her it's like. An internet forum. Yeah, that's what so, I say. A forum. No, so she, because she doesn't use the internet too much. She only use it for like maybe playing games. Yeah. Other than that, she doesn't really know what Reddit is. So it's quite difficult for me to explain what Reddit is to her, because a lot of people, like my friends, just now when I was telling them about Reddit, a few of them haven't heard of it before. So Reddit is like. The front page of the internet, I as know. we know it, it but a lot it of people they don't know why is the use for Reddit and why is it there, right? So it's for us when we are bored to have something to read. That's that's for me. Yeah, when you're bored, you yeah, have something to read. Yes, and I find like it's so cool to be able to say I've met you because mm-hmm. there's a forum or a subreddit dedicated to Singapore. Mm-hmm. So I already know most of these people are going to be living in Singapore. Yes, sure, correct. some people might be a fan, have mm. subscribed because maybe mm. they lived but now live somewhere else or they're interested in Singapore mm. or the economy or whatever. But it's a great place to just go and find people of whatever you're looking for, whether it's a place or a hobby or like motorcycling or mm. hiking or whatever it might be, you will find like-minded people there. Right. And I like that it connects a lot of different... Like you, you and I could both read something on Reddit and talk about it later and it'd be like an inside joke from us both reading it independently there's like you were talking about like the today i fucked up sort of the tifus where you know we could both be be looking at that because you're in singapore subscribed to it i'm in you know la subscribed Mm -hmm. to it and then we can talk about it but we're not going to maybe watch the same news channels like you know local news channels no but it's what connects it really globally connects Mm -hmm. people that's what i like about reddit yes correct and i heard about reddit first like I think four years ago, of course, I'm in the four-year club. I'm so, in the four-year club too. Oh, High five. great. <laughs> so, we get badges or what are they called? Trophies or badges? What are they called? Trophies, I think. Okay, yeah. It's uh-huh. one of the two of those things. And Correct. yeah, I have my four-year badge and yeah. I feel pretty good about it. Same. So I also I've, have a verified email, not to yeah. brag. <laughs> oh, I think a lot of us have it. <laughs> I know. I also did Reddit Secret Santa this year, but I haven't oh, seen I my it. badge yet. So it better come. Because uh-huh. like, I was like, oh, fuck, I can't wait for this new badge. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so yeah, so you heard about collecting yeah, you heard about hobby. four years ago, and mm. then did you kind of get right into it right away? Oh, um, I actually know about Reddit because I was I'm a fan of League of Legends, so I followed the scene for a long time, and you know streamers when they are playing games, yeah, like on Twitch, yes, on Twitch, they they spend a lot of time on Reddit, so I first heard of Reddit from the streamers mm. and I checked it out I was like oh it's an interesting place and I might as well just make an account it's easier for me to surf and to subscribe to certain reddits I like like gaming or maybe Dora or League of Legends etc so that was when I used reddit then as I browse reddit there will be more subreddits that I find interesting so I will subscribe to more and more reddit. So subreddit so now I have like a list of the and so you can so tailor exciting. it to your personality, which Correct. is great. Like I have Moto Camping, mm-hmm. uh, Survivor, because I love that show. Oh, yes. Uh, and so, yeah, anything like 
that I am into, then you can just, and so there's, there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of busyness, a lot of people mm-hmm. arguing on certain subreddits, but you can unsubscribe yep. to them and yes, just focus. Correct. And sometimes the smaller subreddits are the best ones because it's, yeah, it's people, peaceful, it's right? much more peaceful. And the smaller ones usually is like, you feel more exclusive. People yeah. are doing the same hobby as you. Mm-hmm. So it feels, it feels a bit special. Yeah, I, I do. I love Reddit. I've met so many cool people. Most of my friends are Redditors too, just naturally. And one of the good things you were telling uh, us earlier about how it's such a mixture of different races here in Singapore. Mm-hmm. I noticed that in the comedy scene, which was great. Like when I was doing, I hosted an open mic. There was, you know, people from Singapore, people from India, people from China, you know, people from South Africa. Mm-hmm. And it was so multicultural, not so just so the, many yeah, the comedians places. and the audience. And it was great. Mm-hmm. I loved, I love, it was so refreshing. There's a Russian guy, mm-hmm. um, a guy from Brunei. And yeah, it was just fabulous because I, I haven't been to an open mic in a long time that was that, you know, fun and unique and so many different perspectives Mm. and everyone had a different voice. It wasn't just the same type of jokes over and over again because everyone grew up in such different ways. So it was, yeah, it was fabulous. I really, really enjoyed my time. Yeah, I could tell. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think you really enjoy all these interactions with people. Yes. I'm definitely a people person. So yeah, thank you again for inviting me today to go hiking with your friends yeah. because it's just a joy. Like, And also that you agreed to sit down and talk with me because you were mm. saying before you you are a bit shy naturally. Yeah, but, naturally. But not shy enough not to like reach out to people and be tour guides, which is amazing. I think the internet is an amazing thing, you know. Like it makes you slightly comfortable. So that's why I was able to reach out. If I were... To go to like some place outside, I will then have like reached out to people on the streets. It's a different thing altogether. So that's what I like about Reddit and the internet. I can just type on something like, hey, I'm free. So I can show you around. It's so much easier to open up on the internet, I feel. Yes, yes. And I think my husband's that way as well too. Because mm. like we oftentimes text or things like that or we 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 back in the day msn mm. messenger yes. like i was telling you before that's right. when i asked him out on msn Long ago. because it's so easy it's sometimes easier to not have that face-to-face interaction the first time you start getting to know someone yes and then you just kind of see oh they the way that they joked in that paragraph on you know asking for a tour guide i think mm. i might get along with them i'll reach out and then mm. we converse a little bit and mm. we kind of put out the foundation of a friendship before we even saw each other which mm. was cool mm. Yeah, so I like that. Um, but yeah, we're, we're, we're closing in. And it's kind of funny because right now we're at the Airbnb that I'm at, but I've technically mm-hmm. checked out. But they said I could hang around in the mm-hmm. living room area. Um, and so we're here and I'm always just paranoid that someone's going to like walk in and be like, hey, who are you people? What's going on? So maybe <laughs> oh. the fact that it hasn't happened yet, around like nearing the 50 minute mark, it might be a good time to wrap things up. But I was just curious, do you have anything else that you want to say to the, the listeners about what makes being in Singapore unique or living here unique or anything you kind of just want to share um, okay. go for it well I think many people might not know where Singapore is or what or they might not they might have heard they might have heard of a lot of things from Singapore so I think you should come down and explore Singapore for yourself Singapore might be a small city but I think there's a lot of things that we Singaporeans are proud of and we are proud to have accomplished in a short span of like 50 years in such a small place. So do visit Singapore when you guys have the opportunity to and maybe I could be your tour guide.
<laughs> we'll put your like name and Facebook profile links. Yes, so you can people, find me on Reddit. Yeah, yeah, find you on Reddit. You yeah, can post on R Singapore, and maybe I'll reach out to you. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Post <laughs> to R Singapore, so we don't give too much of your personal mm. information out. And then yeah, maybe Roger will find you yes. and think, hey, I'm going to be your tour guide for the day. And uh, Roger, really, it was an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for being on the next edition of Moments with Michelle and our, my first international edition. Yay! High, High five. five. Bye. Goodbye and thank you for listening.